Ah, sweet land of liberty. Our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinach. Okay, we're going to start Freedom's Ring off today with a quiz to our listeners. This year is the 70th anniversary of something very important to religious liberty and human rights. Any guesses? Ding, ding, ding. You're out of time. It is the 70th anniversary of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Something very important to celebrate here to discuss it. And what her organization is doing is Tina Ramirez, founder and president of hardwiredglobal.org. Tina, welcome back to Freedom's Ring. Thank you for having me, Alan. It's great to be with you. So tell us about what you're doing at Hardwired Global to commemorate the 70th anniversary. Sure. Well, Hardwired, as your listeners may or may not know, is an organization that provides education and training in the fundamental human right to religious freedom, or freedom of thought, conscience, religion, or belief, as it's articulated in the Universal Declaration. And this year, as you mentioned, is the 70th anniversary of this document. And to celebrate that and to commemorate it, Hardwired has been hosting an 18-month campaign to engage young people in this conversation about what is religious freedom. And on November 17th, a few days before the 70th anniversary, we're going to host a really exciting conference for young people across the country to join us to explore the final step in that 18-step challenge, which is a powerful simulation that Hardwired uses around the world. Uh, which is a reality experience that they get to be enmeshed in called Shipwreck. And Shipwreck is uh, just a really neat way that they get to experience what it would be like to be um, somebody that's persecuted for their faith, but by taking on the identity of a fruit. So it's a very different way of looking at things, but hopefully by changing their perspective, they'll be able to understand what people that may not have the same faith as them um, experience and really begin to develop empathy for others and develop um, the tools to actually defend religious freedom when you're in a different environment. So we've had you on the show before to talk about this. Um, how much traction have you been able to get as far as like how many youth and folks have been participating in this journey to freedom? Yeah. So we started about a year ago, and we have over 400 individuals that have taken the journey. And uh, you can go on the website to hardwareglobal.org slash journey to, to download your own map and to take the journey yourself. But um, And any of the 18 challenges can be done at any time. It doesn't need to be done once a month. But uh, it's just an exciting way that young people can engage in conversations about religious freedom wherever they're at. And we know that there's probably been a lot more youth that have taken the program. They just haven't signed up because they might be younger than 18 and uh, their parents didn't let them sign up. We have some schools that have been using it with their students. And so in November, when we host this event, we're hoping that whoever has taken a journey or that wants to learn more about it will join us so that they can uh, experience firsthand what we do around the world when we bring people together of different faiths to learn how to defend this human right. And so the November 17th program is where? So it'll be held in Richmond, Virginia, which, you know, as you know, is kind of the, is kind of ground zero for religious freedom nearly 250 years ago when Thomas Jefferson uh, wrote the Virginia Statute for Religious Freedom and was involved with the Declaration of Independence. So um, 
We're very excited to host it here where these first seeds of freedom were planted and to be able to share that with the young people. So you mentioned your work globally in bringing people together and training them in these principles. Tell our listeners a little more about what Hardwired Global does. Sure. Well, as you know, there are about four out of five people in the world that live in countries that simply deny this most basic human right. And there's an urgent need for new leaders who will help plant the seeds of freedom globally if we're ever going to see people coexisting in peace. I got to stop you right there because, you know, you and I cast out that statistic, you know, kind of casually off the top of our heads. And it bears emphasizing what percentage of the global population live in nations that do not respect religious freedom? Yeah, it's about 80 percent now. And so, I mean, literally, the listeners that you have are probably you know, just one out of five people in the world that actually have religious freedom, but the majority of the people in the world simply don't. So it's it's a pretty staggering statistic. And the reality is, and every year it gets worse. So 10 years ago, that number was like at 67%. So in just a decade, we've lost about 12% of um, people to restrictions on religious freedom. So if you just imagine another 10 years, this trajectory, we're not, it's not looking too good for us. So there's an urgent need to be raising up new leaders. And that's really what hardware does through our programs internationally. We work in places like Iraq, Sudan, Nigeria, you know, not the, not the pleasant places you like to go to on vacation, but um, places where there's a really urgent need and where countries are at a severe turning point that either they're going to just descend into further chaos and destabilize not only their own countries, but the world, or we can plant the seeds for them to rebuild and to begin to stabilize their entire region. And so that's what hardware has been able to do in a number of countries. And we want young leaders here in our country who have grown up in an environment where religious freedom is not a foreign concept to be able to stand with us and to help us expand this freedom for more people worldwide. Now, if I'm remembering, recently you announced that Hardwired Global had achieved some status with the United Nations? Yeah, so we just um, became an officially recognized organization of the United Nations, which allows us to um, to engage in um, public conversations at the different bodies at the UN, so in the Human Rights Council and uh, and the other parts of the UN where human rights and religious freedom were being discussed, which is very exciting. And we have already been engaging a lot of the members at the United Nations on the need for greater education in religious freedom for young people around the world to begin to turn the tide against intolerance and religious persecution in countries where it's most at risk. Is a lot of the work of Hardwired Global with young adults, with youth? Well, no, actually, that's just half of what we do. So half of what we do is plant the seeds of freedom in the minds of younger generations. But on the other side of what we do, we train civil society leaders, so leaders in the media and and journalism, leaders in education, academia, law, governance, um, business. And so we take some of the key influencers in the different sectors of society and we train them, whether they're religious or not, um, to understand why religious freedom is in their best interest to promote in their society in order to build more peaceful, stable societies. And in countries where there is significant religious conflict, um, it's been really neat to see how these leaders begin to embrace this and to begin you know, to see that actually it's in their benefit to promote respect for different communities because they're less likely to respond to create sectarian violence and to destabilize those societies. So um, 
I mean, as you know, with seven-day Adventists involved all over the world, that the um, the hospitals. I mean, you know, it's just amazing the amount of benefits to a society when you ha- allow religious communities to to prosper freely because they will support healthcare and education and so much else in the society to make it vibrant. So um, I'm yeah. wondering, Tina. It's you know, I'm looking at the calendar. It has been, believe it or not, almost an entire year since you and I were together for the uh, International Religious Liberty Association World Congress there (laughs) in Florida. Are there any particular story successes out of the past year that briefly you could tell our listeners? Oh, sure. I mean, what's really exciting is that we have had an opportunity in the last year to work. um, Well, we've been invited by three governments in the Middle East and North Africa, so Morocco, Lebanon, and Iraq, to teach religious freedom in their public schools, which is unheard of, <laughs> you know. I mean, we don't really even do it here in America. So to think that countries in the Middle East where the greatest conflict is are opening the doors to this, and it's because they see the benefits of how it's helping their children um, turn against extremism. So just as one example, a, a group of students at a, a Christian school in Lebanon, and Lebanon is very segregated across religious lines um, since the Civil War, but a group of Christian students went through the the lessons that their teachers we trained taught them on religious freedom, and they told their teacher that they wanted to have a party and celebrate what they had learned because it was so powerful and moving, but they wanted to invite the refugees in their community from Syria, the Muslim refugees, to join them because they realized now that those refugees deserved this freedom just as much as they did. And in another example in Iraq, as you know, a lot of the children in northern Iraq lived under ISIS for a few years. And they were brainwashed to hate and to kill people of different faiths. And so when our teachers went into Mosul, these are teachers from the region that were going back to um, rebuild schools that had, you know, that had just been destroyed. But they were working with children and the children in the beginning were getting in fights and and there's just a lot of um, intolerance and just fear and hostility in the environment. But when these teachers went in and they were terrified themselves, what they shared is that the students were able to overcome so much of that through this program and begin to actually see how they could work to live together in peace. And so in even in like in Sinjar, the area where the Yazidis were, uh, there were there's a genocide against the Yazidis, students that had, had been in the refugee camps where they learned these lessons went back into Sinjar to help their Yazidi friends. And there was just this amazing camaraderie that it was established between the children through the program. So yeah, we've seen a lot of great stories, Alan, over the past year since we were in, um, since we were at the global conference together. And it's been really encouraging to see how children are, are being just inspired to defend religious freedom around the world. You know, Tina, I record almost 50 shows a year, and a lot of them are dealing with religious liberty problems or religious liberty cases. When I interview you, this is like the bright spot of the year where we're hearing about, you know, kids getting a hold of this and learning to live together and not hate each other. This is like, you know, somebody just, it, it, you know, turned the lights back on. I mean, it's, it, it's just amazing to hear. And I certainly hope our listeners will, will go to your website, hardwiredglobal.org and check it out and, and just be part of this amazing ministry. Thank you, Alan. I hope so as well. And we would love for them to join us at this conference. If they want to come. I mean, all ages are welcome. And anyone can download that journey map and start to take the challenge themselves. It's really fun. Like for Halloween last year, we had 
um, students go out and do interviews to ask people what they're scared about. So we talked about the Supreme Court cases related to immigration and the Baker. And, you know, just a lot of what we deal with is helping people get at the core of what they're afraid of, of being fearful about the religious other and being able to talk about it and recognize that, hey, we can overcome those fears, but we need to work through the misconceptions and the fears we have of other to others to actually be able to live in peace. And if we can do it in Iraq, we can certainly do it here. And we definitely want people to have hope um, and be inspired that it is possible. And that's why we're trying to plant these seeds around the world. We believe that you know, I mean, what Tom Jefferson started 250 years ago here isn't going to multiply on its own. So we need as many hands in the pot, um, just really raising up the mantle of religious freedom for future generations. So we would love for your listeners to join us in that effort. Well, you're certainly right in this business of, you know, how we relate to the other. Persecution, we don't ever persecute those who are us, we persecute them. And so if you can build these bridges and not see the other person as them, you know, that's the first step, really. Yeah. Well, and it's great that you have a program where people can talk about this because one of the greatest barriers we have in our own society is just that people don't talk with people that have different ideas. And so, you know, it's just um, if we can't engage in that conversation about religious freedom, then, you know, it's, it's not going to be there for future generations. And today in America, we're more polarized than ever before. And people are really kind of doubling down on their political um, allegiances, whether it's Republican or Democratic. And it's like the divide has become, you know, almost too wide to bridge anymore. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm so encouraged when I work with these civil society leaders in places like Nigeria and Iraq, where, I mean, they have experienced genocide at the hands of people that represent the other faith communities in the room. And yet, by the time we're done, they are willing to defend each other, even at risk of their own lives. And so... Let me cut you off there, Tina. We're out of time. Our guest today has been Tina Ramirez, founder and director of hardwiredglobal.org. Please do check them out on the web. This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Reinach. Until next week, let freedom ring.